0: Going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR.
1: Definitely, I want to hear from you, 403-974-8255. And I know it's still, it's, it's raw, and it's, it's to the point where I sometimes think, why should I go, be going through anything? You know, I, I don't have kids in hockey. I I had a daughter who was on a sports team who had to get on a bus but never thought two things about it. I I grew up in Saskatchewan where you took buses to go to sporting events. You never thought anything of it and I and I think buses still are ultimately safe. But I think it just impacts the whole country as we've seen the the whole world and um, this is our chance to kind of get through that. But Sarah Walker is going to help me. She's the executive director, Hospice Calgary. And Sarah had developed a child and youth programs when she was a grief counselor at, with Hospice Calgary at the Rosedale Hospice. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me this afternoon. Oh, so many things are going through my mind. But I can only imagine they pale in comparison to what the families in Humboldt are dealing with right now. Can you even verbalize uh, what they must be dealing with right now, especially it being so new that they have found out that they've lost their child? You know,
0: I uh, I, I guess guess the short answer to that is uh, it's probably different for each one of them. Mm. You know, I, I think the commonalities of of grief in this type of situation are, you know, the intense shock and the, um, you know, the overwhelming need for information and the confusion around trying to find information, which we certainly have seen um play out mm-hmm. uh, in the media as well and and it's sometimes even more complicated or i think always more complicated because we have so much information but we don't you know it's not always helpful information mm-hmm. that that's coming through i think that for uh, most families as they're going through something like this it is it is that initial period of shock and um, trying to then gather what they can to understand what's happening and um, in a community, it's also that connecting with the other families and um, to some extent you are both absorbing and sharing the grief of the other parents and family members and siblings and all those, all those myriad of connections yeah. that exist in that community. And it can be overwhelming as as um, we have heard from many other groups and families that have gone through this before.
1: As a grief counselor, and and, and you're accurate in saying probably everyone responds to it differently, but as a grief counselor, is it important for them to have some room? Or I, I feel, Sarah, you're going to say the same answer, Ange. It's it's so different. But because I, I wonder if so much has to be just understood, as you say, right away you're dealing with shock. You're, you're finding out, especially with such a tragedy, this wasn't uh, just a couple of people. Fifteen people were killed. So is there the need for a bit of space before... People even start offering condolences and help.
0: You know, so much of this depends on your relationship with with the family um, or the individual in question. You know, if if you, my understanding of this situation is that many of the people involved, first of all, had to get to the community. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, they didn't live nearby. So, you know, you even think about the logistics of this. It's not it's not similar to, I mean, while the grief may be similar, the reality is very different than a family member who is at home and a police comes to the door and there's been an accident in the local community. This, this involved the need for families, uh, you know, to get a lot of information very quickly and to, you know, to really go through and problem solve and get where they needed to be. And so that's at that stage, you know, it is really not about having space or not having space. It's about trying to, um, you know, trying to get sorted out exactly yeah. what needs to be sorted out. And then I think as this all unfolds for people, um, I think that's where the unique family dynamics come into play and where your relationship with with people come into play. I mean, all of us have different uh, levels of of need in terms of wanting to connect and share our experience or being maybe a little bit more private in that. Um, And I don't think that Um, you know, at the end of the day, in the the longer run, that will be true as well for these families. But in the immediate piece, uh, the families will be um, a part of a more public mourning process, which which can uh, be very, very um, therapeutic, I guess might be the word. You know, there can be a lot of healing that can come from being together with a group of people who are all, Um, grieving a similar set of circumstances, and then there can also be a lot of oh, I don't know, maybe a lot of feeling alone in the midst of all those people,
1: right? Well, and I wonder if sometimes it's such a distraction as well, because especially even as I watched the vigil last night, and Uh ultimately there's going to be, I'm I'm sure there's going to be a large memorial, there'll be individual funerals, because watching it as a mom, I was thinking, Yes, um, it would be tragic to lose my son or daughter uh, in this way. But I still want to be able to have our own family struggle with this as well. so uh, and and maybe that would be different for everyone. they They'd rather make sure that there's this large funeral. So it, it really is such an individual mm-hmm. thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And and I think what you've said is bang on, Angela. I think uh, maybe it's not an either or, right? In this kind of situation, you have a public mourning that does exist. And it exists in that community in a very uh, real and tactile Mm -hmm. way. But, you know, it's obviously existing nationally as... Um, people's thoughts and sentiments and comments and experiences are all coming back in to provide kind of their piece of, of this story. But then you also have, in addition to the public mourning, you have that private grief. And, you know, the private grief part is happening right now. Um, and it will extend into the future. I mean, this is a very long haul for these yeah. families. And when I think about how can we... You know, when I think about what families have shared with us over the years at Hospice Calgary around what has helped them, you know, they often talk about how everybody is there at the beginning. People are, are mm. you know, coming around, they're checking in, they are expecting that they're going to be grieving and upset and then it begins to dwindle off. You know, we have a short uh, attention span sometimes to understanding how long and challenging and difficult this kind of grief can be. And, um, you know, the When you think about how can you support these families, yes, it's the immediate things around do you have younger siblings at home who need babysitting so that you can be where you need to be or do you need meals or some of those things. But it's also that long-term piece of, you know, will you be there three, four, five years for this family who, you know, may need at Christmas time. Uh, to sit and cry and tell you how they really miss this experience, or the sibling who you know maybe now is 12 years old, and in five years is going to be the same age as the their older brother who mm. died, and we'll need to maybe talk about that. Or you know, it's it's a it's a long haul.
1: And and actually, interesting that you pointed that out because talking with one of the survivors of the Swift Current Broncos tragedy. He said, you know, back in 86, they didn't realize how you needed resources much beyond just the initial tragedy. So that's speaking to that as well. I want to take a break here, Sarah, because as you said, you'll want to sit down so that they can tell you. Because that's the other big question is, uh, what do we say in these situations? And the fact is, we've got a lot of young young men who survived this and the whole question of why me and why did I survive? I want to put you on hold. We'll take a break here. Sarah Walker, executive director, hospice Calgary, just uh, talking about the challenges that the immediate victims families are going to be going through. But you talk about a bigger family so many of those kids, they had billeted families. And that was another extended family for them. 403-974-8255. I definitely want to open up the conversation as well at 3.30. So if you want to text or call, we'll do that as well. Let's take a break here on Calgary Today. 403-974-8255. 403-974-8255. You know it's the number you can call and text if uh, something is weighing heavy on your heart when it comes to the tragedy that's in Humboldt. And and someone rightly pointed out, and it's called empathy. And you're right, we're all... Uh, f- well, we're all. Most of us are empathetic creatures, so we'd like to be able to have the empathy. But I think empathy is also having gone through something like that. And thankfully, I haven't. So all I've got right now is a, a lot of sympathy for them. Sarah Walker, Executive Director at Hospice Calgary, and and Sarah, I wanted to bring you on because you um, were behind a, a program for child and youth programs with the hospice. So whether mm-hmm. it's talking to kids about death or you know the whole concept, we. Have have young men who have survived this tragedy have you know maybe come out of hospital to find out that so many of their teammates didn't how do they then not have this idea that why me why did I survive and he didn't
0: well I think many of the many of the young men will think about that um, and I think many of the parents and siblings will think about that why my son why my brother I think that's a that 's a very normal and a very human thing to go through ultimately it doesn't it doesn't help you resolve mm-hmm. your grief in any in any major way, but I think it's just a part of how we how we think about things and you know um, again there's a lot of different uh, variables that play into that like what your relationship was to the other people your your personality do you come from a particular belief system where you know some people have a belief system that's focused more on well why why not you you know why why wouldn't it be mm-hmm. your family as opposed to another it um, plays into kind of your your family's um, beliefs and how they've handled uh, grief and loss over the years um, when it's happened in other, you know, other situations. So, I, you know, I think for the young men coming out of this now, um, you know, initially they are going to need to just uh, uh, probably be together a fair amount and, um, uh, you know, replay the experience uh, probably a fair amount in terms of the the trauma of what they've gone through, because it's it's not just the grief and bereavement piece, but there's a real trauma aspect of having survived you know that kind of a violent accident, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a a lot that. Um, you know, a lot that will be coming for these young young men as they go through the the weeks and months and uh, years ahead. So,
1: but the important part is they've got to be able to share their feelings. And I think as far as we've come with allowing men and young men to be able to cry you're you are looking at a sport that is built on um um, more of a a tough guy image you you know you've got to have this brave Mm -hmm. front so Mm -hmm. i I think that must be a key message that whoever is working with them whether it be friends family or professionals that they've got to be able to share those feelings
0: Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes um excuse me whether you 're whether you 're male or female, some people are more um, more comfortable sharing feelings. Yeah. other people are more comfortable um, releasing their feelings in ways that are maybe not as verbal um, and uh, you know in fact, I know several people who hockey is one way that they you know they get that energy that comes from their feelings that they get it out of mm. them it's that physical release of being able to work through some of your feelings for some people it's you know doing things around the house maybe it's taking a run um, it may be journaling writing um, listening to music for teens in particular music is often you know a, um, a great piece to you know, we know in the brain that the memory and music live side by side. So there's a lot of healing that can happen there. At Hospice Calgary, I know we um, have a group called Common Ground, which is four teens. And one of the reasons that that group is so successful is that teens often want to connect and talk with each other, and they want to also know that their experience is uh, quote-unquote normal, right? You don't don't want to be the odd one out. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a time when you want to be hanging out with your parents and talking about things. And so, at the very point in time when an accident like this has occurred and um, families will be, many families will come together around this and will share these experiences for others. They might find that there's a need to talk and say and speak about about the um, those real heartfelt pieces um, with people who are outside the family as well.
1: Yeah. Sarah, uh, thanks so much for this. I appreciate your input. Thank you very much. Take care. Yeah, take care. Sarah Walker, Executive Director, Hospice Calgary. 403-974-8255. I want to take a break for news. And I've received a number of texts here and a couple of phone calls as well. But uh, just how you're feeling, um, your thoughts. Uh, so many of us have uh, grown up in the prairies and I, I even want to talk about that intersection. I know it is so early in the investigation and questioning exactly what happened. The other one, I have we heard what the vehicle was carrying? What was that semi-carrying? All those pictures. I saw these big green boxes, but I, I may have missed what it was actually carrying. But uh, I want to talk about this. 403-974-8255. would love to hear from you after the news.